0: Welcome to the Northwoods Distilled Podcast, where we feature one community in the Northwoods region of the United States each episode. We cover the history of the area, the local events, sites, and small businesses, as well as the local cuisine, restaurants, and beverages. Our goal is to encourage exploration, recreation, and tourism in the region while helping the many small businesses of the area grow and thrive. Welcome to the third revisit episode of the Northwoods Distilled podcast, a 12th episode overall. I'm Nick Browza. And I'm Dan Altos. So thank you for joining us today. For our third revisit, we are going to be revisiting Door County, Wisconsin. Um, It's a very popular destination and the episode has gotten quite a bit of interest. And we also have had a lot of support from people who are involved in that area. And so we wanted to kind of pay tribute to all of that by revisiting it and giving people maybe an opportunity to check out some of the stuff that's going on there before they make their late summer and fall plans. Door County is a very popular place in the fall. And we also have an admin item to bring up. So this will actually be the last episode of the Northwoods Distilled podcast. Like I said, at the open, this is our 12th overall episode, and we've been doing it once a month. So we've actually been doing the podcast for a year now, which is crazy. It doesn't seem like it. Yeah, it is. And uh, we've tried a couple different things with the podcast, and we've gotten some great feedback, but it's not been able to garner enough of a following in, in terms of general podcast metrics in order to keep it sustainable moving forward. We will be keeping the website and episodes up at least through the fall so that people can utilize all the information since the oldest stuff on here is only a year old as they're making their plans for the summer and fall this year. And it still ties in with what we're doing with the brand. We'll talk about at the end of the podcast, again, that we're working on a Northwoods Distilled Game that does have many elements of the history portions of the full-length episodes that we did, the first nine episodes tied into it. So that is going to continue to go forward, and the brand will continue to go forward. But for now, the podcast will be on, I guess we'll call it an indefinite hiatus. That being said, Dan and I have said, if there's a huge uprising of support or people enough people want us to keep going, we will keep doing it. But, you know, this is also part of a business, and we've also been keeping a close eye on the AI situation, and it's gotten to the point now as these AIs get better, a lot of what we're doing here was curation. I mean, that was really one of the biggest selling points was we've been to these places, And we're sharing with you the best places and sometimes best kept secrets of a lot of these communities. But now you're able to go into a chat GPT and say, I'm heading to this city. What are the places I should check out? And
1: And really scan huge amounts of data in a couple minutes where that was the other part before. You know, if you wanted to read 400 Google reviews, it was going to take you hours or days to get a handle on this. And now you just, you just don't need that anymore.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it it doesn't have quite the human element, but that being said, what Dan just touched on is these AIs are trained on data from the internet. So every Yelp review, every Google review, every blog post, every Instagram post, all the websites for these places, they're all aggregated into the AI eventually if they're not already. So it's, you know, it's kind of taken away our jobs in this respect. But again, we do still plan to move forward with the brand and the the board game will be the next piece of that. So I don't know, Dan, if you had anything else that you wanted to touch on? No,
1: I mean, I think that basically covers it. So just just a little explanation behind why we're, you know, taking a break after this episode, but we hope what we've produced so far continues to add value and, you know, give
0: people a, a good
1: curation of the best things to see.
0: Definitely. So that being said, we are going to kick into our Door County revisit. For those who maybe haven't checked out the last two episodes, these revisits are shorter episodes. This one will probably be the longest of the three. We'll probably end up around the 20 minute mark, I'm guessing, because we're doing six locations, items, as opposed to five like the other two. And a couple of these, we've got some good context. Again, we've got a lot of support from people who are involved in Door County. And so we've solicited information from them for this as well. So that being said, for the live portion of the uh, revisit here, we're going to talk first about the Door County Land Trust, which narrowly missed being talked about in the first Door County episode, which we'll have a link to in the show notes. And again, that all the, the show note sites, web pages will be up on the website for quite a while yet. But the website or the episode just got so long that, you know, we had to kind of cut some things here and there. But we wanted to make sure when we were preparing this episode, this was the first thing we said, OK, we got to cover this.
1: Yeah, we were a little remiss in not probably covering this during the original episode. But we're very fortunate to have have a friend who is very versed in Door County. And this was one item that, that he brought up several times and was like, hey, you got to make sure you're talking about this. So we wanted to give it give it its due. But yeah, I mean, so one thing about Door County that's been really cool, and we did talk about this in the first episode, is some of the slowdowns have allowed them to be very purposeful in their planning, like as an entire county, as a community. And so this is a piece of that. And the Door County Land Trust is focused on preserving the best of the best scenic areas in Door County and, and kind of stopping development or stopping you know somebody from coming in and building condos on what's otherwise a beautiful piece of land that could be accessible. And so they really do this by working with private landowners and then, you know, purchasing pieces of the land and using some of these state grants that are available to, you know, get this this these areas into the trust and then just preserve them for the long term. And the benefit of this is it gives Incredible access to some really beautiful spots to people in the public. If you want to hike, if you want to be outside, if you want to appreciate these things, and you can rest assured that no matter how Door County continues to grow, this is something that will be there for the long term.
0: And yeah, it's huge. They, like you said, it's kind of a three-pronged approach. They directly purchase properties that are identified as high priority in terms of ecological or scientific significance or like you said just beautiful areas or people can donate the land to the trust or they also do conservation easement agreements with landowners
1: yeah and and they've got a huge you know number of areas already so they're they have like a little infographic where they kind of explain what they focus on and part of it is ground and surface water and wetlands And then also migratory bird areas and then also native forest ecosystems, right? So preserving these areas where there's lots of wildlife and flora and fauna and things. And then as we've talked about in prior episodes, the Niagara Escarpment. Mm -hmm. So they do take care of those, but they've got areas basically top to bottom throughout the entire peninsula, both sides and lots of wetlands, lots of forested areas And then they do have some protected spaces on the northern shore of Door County along that escarpment as well. So,
0: yeah, and they've even got preserves on Washington Island, several of those. And then, like you said, all the way down to southeast of Sturgeon Bay, Legacy Preserve at Clay Banks is all the way down there. You're even, I think that's pretty close to the bottom of Door County there.
1: Yeah, so I think for those who are interested in the actual mission... You've got the option to go along on like stewardship days where they'll bring you through, you know, to do work on the paths and trails and and maintaining some of the forest areas. And then they've also got educational sessions where if, if you're more into the ecology of things, you can go and learn about plant life and bogs and wetlands and, you know, some of the wildlife that's in the area and all that kind of stuff. So on top of just preserving land to be, you know, available so that some of these beautiful areas stay, there's also an educational component into that too. So if you want to bring your kids or if you just have time to slow down and you're interested, great options.
0: Yeah. I like the fact that there's different levels of engagement. You could do everything from going on a hike in one of their preserves To, like you said, actually getting your hands dirty and working on conservation projects with them. Just to give you some ideas, a few of the things on their upcoming calendar, June 13th, we've got, now that, I guess that will have passed by the time this episode comes out, because this will be coming out the end of June. But there's a community science volunteer training. That one is actually online, a collaborative project with the Chicago Botanic Garden, learning how to collect data so, they're the hikes. There's a bunch of hikes, yeah. They do like guided hikes basically. Mm-hmm. So, looking at July, there's a discovery hike at Solitude on July 6th, that's just north of Jacksonport, the Solitude National Air Natural Area. That sounds like something I would be really interested in. There's a discovery hike at Anderson Pond on July 8th in Ephraim, Ephraim Nature Preserve, and then there's a a hike called Fascinating Flora on July 20th, where you'll learn about different flora on the guided hike. So really a big variety of, of different opportunities, like Dan said.
1: Yeah. And, and they maintain some of the old relationships too. It sounds like some of the stewards of the land trust now still have relationships with like the Chicago Botanical Gardens and some other areas where they're using this data to, you know, both populate Exhibits there, but also make sure that this is sort of maintained somewhere. And that goes back to the history we talked about where, you know, on Rock Island, for example, some of the founding, you know, people who are in the area in Door County had pretty strong relationships in that region. So a little bit of the history ties in, but very, very cool that they're continuing to do this. And as we mentioned, it was really brought up to us that, like, hey, you got to cover this because it's one of the best things about this area.
0: Yeah, I mean, a, a big reason people go up there is for the natural scenery. It's With it being a peninsula, there's tons of water frontage, and there's a lot of beautiful hikes, and, and if these preserves were not built because it's so tourism popular... Every, it would get so built out that you'd lose all the scenery that everybody's going there no, to see.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And I, you know, I think the thing that should be said too is if you're not from Wisconsin or even if you are, but you live a little bit more inland, we talked about this during the main episode too, but Door County really feels like you are somewhere else. It, it's got a very different vibe than almost all the rest of the lakeshore even does. Definitely. All
0: right, anything else on the trust before we move on? Dan? No, I think I think it's just important that we touched on that. Definitely. So, we'll have a link to the trust's website if you're interested in participating in any of their programs or donating financially or or land if you have land up there, definitely reach out. So, this brings us into the devour and imbibe section, and for this episode we've got five items in here. Again, we we wanted to keep the revisits short and we did five items total for the other two episodes but we honestly had such a hard time narrowing down for this one even after having done the full length episode prior yeah there are just so uh, many places that we decided to slip an extra item in there so now these i will give the disclaimer that dan and i haven't been to any of these places however Our good friend Steve that we've been talking about who's very engaged in Door County has been to some of these, and then my girlfriend was actually just up in Door County a weekend or two ago, two weekends ago, and so I solicited some feedback from her on some of the places that she went, and the first one of those is the Pizza Brothers. So Pizza Brothers is located in Egg Harbor, and it's actually located inside of One Barrel Brewing Company, which you know, just from the get go is a smart business plan Pizza and beer. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, exactly. Who doesn't like pizza with their beer? So a couple of notes that stood out to me from what Tiffany shared and from the website, it's wood fire pizza, which is very popular nowadays because it's in my opinion, the best kind of pizza. And and I think that's how the pizza was all originally made. If I remember when I was in Italy and we were, in, I forget where we were, but we got an actual like origin Italian. Yeah. What's like A Napoleon. Yep. Neapolitan. or Neapolitan ne- pizza yep. or whatever. And that Naples was a wood style. fired pizza. Yep. So lots of reasons to enjoy that. And of course they do that. She said they have very unique toppings. Her quote was, this is not your average pizza joint. As far as some of the things that they had when they were there, Looking at the menu on the website here, they had the under the appetizers, they have the thick spelt S T H I C C bread, (laughs) which is cheesy garlic breadsticks, ranch marinara, and garlic butter. She said that was a big hit with her group.
1: I do love how no matter where you go in Wisconsin, you can't escape ranch. Like, (laughs) ranch is going to follow no matter how nice the place is, it'll be there.
0: And uh, I should mention, too, I wrote myself a note just so I didn't forget. We actually talk about One Barrel Brewing Company in the original Door County episode, which is episode seven. So if you want to hear about the brewery piece, just jump back to that. And we have time codes on all the prior episodes now for when the different sections start. So you can get in and listen to just that piece if that's what you want. Tiffany mentioned they have both indoor and outdoor bars there. And you order your pizza, you get one of those little vibrating notification devices, so you can just have a seat wherever, and they'll let you know when your pizza's ready. Lots of drinks to choose from there. The pizza that they said they ordered was Threat Level Midnight. I was just reading about (laughs) that one. That looks awesome. So roasted cremini
1: oyster and portobello mushrooms, caramelized onions, goat cheese, basil, truffle oil, black garlic cream base. That sounds pretty interesting.
0: And and with that theme, all of their, well, a good majority of their pizzas have fun names like that. Mother Cluckin' Barbecue is their chicken, bacon, barbecue type pizza.
1: Dude, I'm a fan of spicy stuff, so I'm looking at this spicy Sicilian. Just listen to this. Soprasada, calabrese peppers, red onion, goat cheese, pesto, fire red sauce with hot honey and a house blend.
0: That, that sounds, sounds amazing. That sounds really good. That sounds amazing. And Dan is Italian, so he, he is an authority on these items. <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen him personally down several slices of pizza over the last couple decades. I might so. have eaten
1: a couple, <laughs> hundred.
0: Yeah. And not to throw, throw shade, as the kids say, I have also downed several slices of pizza and or whole pizzas. Not judging. Not yeah, one bit. The, the so smoky looks amazing to me. Bacon, bacon jam, smoked mozzarella, smoked blue cheese, white sauce, and garlic aioli. So I think we're actually going to stop the episode here and head up there so I can order this. <laughs> yeah,
1: let's just go. <laughs> we're good.
0: They got the taco porco pizza. I'm not going to read their whole menu. You can go to the website. Truffle hog. Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. I just like Hawaii five bro. <laughs> <laughs> you would. <laughs> and so let's see here that it mentioned something. There's three guys who have been friends for several years that, that opened up the pizza joint inside and they say, come in and say, hi, Vince, Sam, and Luke are the, the founders there. And then there's even little bios about each of the guys in there. So Tiffany said it was awesome. It sounds awesome. The fact that it's in a a brewery, even better. I think it's very good idea to check it out.
1: Indeed. Indeed.
0: Moving along to the other place that Tiffany shared with us in Egg Harbor as well, and that's the mezzanine. Now, this one I had heard of. I think it's been around for a while, and based on the name, you may kind of conjure an image, and, and you're probably right. It's a very, from the front, it's a very modern, cool-looking building, and the appeal of it is is it's right on the waterfront, and a large portion of their seating area is on the rooftop.
1: Yeah. And actually I've never been to this place, but I have been right by it several times. My wife and I have noted this from the street numerous times that like, Oh, we really got to go there. We just always had our kids with us. So we didn't get a chance, but I mean, it looks super cool. Like you can tell right away. It's something special just from the street, even.
0: Yeah. And Tiffany said amazing view, great seating and location. She said they have a smaller menu, but interesting selections. She said they have very craft drinks that were great. She had the whitefish chowder, thought it was amazing. And she did mention there's actually a bar on the roof as well. It looks like they serve all three meals. And looking at the menu here.
1: Well, one thing that caught my eye, man, is for breakfast. So
0: they've got classic
1: cherry and blueberry lavender mimosas. So, if you're into the mimosa game, otherwise, mm-hmm. Farmer's Market Bloody Marys, which Got would it. be, yep. Yep. Or the Layden Door County. So, chocolate chicken cold brew coffee with <laughs> bourbon and maple syrup, brown sugar, and house bitters with an orange peel. I mean, all of these.
0: Amazing. Yeah, that sounds really good. And I heard you mention before when we were prepping for the show under their starters, they have the house drop donuts. Yes. Uh, with spiced apple butter. That sounds amazing. Uh, a Wisconsin cheese charcuterie board. That's a must. Breakfast wrap. That's my thats my lane right there. Newski's Applewood Smoked Bacon. If you don't know about Newski's, that is a local Wisconsin company.
1: Yep. And maple cherry crepes, which I, I think we talked about this in the last episode, but Door County's got a thing for cherries. That's oh, yeah. like one of their deals.
0: Yep. Lots of cherry orchards and wineries now. So... Yeah, so that's breakfast. Let's take a peek at lunch real quick here. Bruschetta as an appetizer. Outstanding. Still got that cheese board on there. Whitefish po' boy. There's a lot of seafood up in Door County with them being on the water. And it's also a real popular thing in Wisconsin on Friday nights are fish fries. And so since a lot of people spend their weekends in Door County, it makes sense. A lot of fish is served up there. House smoked pastrami ruben. That sounds good. Sounds pretty good. Yeah, and
1: then even for dinner, I mean, definitely higher end, you know. So we've got pan-fried white fish, Atlantic salmon, shrimp and pesto, linguini, cherry and candied walnut salad.
0: I'm looking at their handcrafted cocktails. Door County Cherry Mule. Yes, please. Vodka, Door County Cherry Juice, Lime Juice, and Ginger. What else we got here? They've got a drink called penicillin. Nice. I don't know if that's unique to them or if it's a recipe they modified for themselves, but that's got bourbon, ginger liqueur, lemon juice, honey, and scotch mist. Supper Club Old Fashioned. Boom. There it is. And that's a little bit of a, a prelude to our next location.
1: For sure. And dude, look at this. Pre-Prohibition Whiskey Sour. So with egg white. Dang. That's different. I haven't I haven't tried one like that.
0: For people who like the lighter, sweeter fare, we've got the watermelon cucumber cooler. That sounds really good. Well, house house watermelon and cucumber infused vodka. So they do it themselves. Nice. And then it's got some lime juice, simple syrup, and seltzer in there. So in any event, Mezzanine looks like a great place. I've heard good things from not only Tiffany, and it looks like they got some really good food there as well. Yeah,
1: this would totally be like warm day or evening place. Have a couple drinks, relax, take in the views, enjoy being outside on top. It looks very, very cool.
0: Mm-hmm. And the Pizza Brothers and Brewery is, I think it's like across the street in Kitty Corner from there. So There you go. Yeah, Perfect. You go. <laughs> Just spend the afternoon. Hopefully you're, where you're crashing isn't too far from there. So... We talked about the old-fashioned and and fish fries, so it's appropriate that our next place is a supper club. And again, we had a really hard time picking the locations we were going to talk about in this episode. And so when we were asking Steve for a rundown of some of his favorite places that we weren't able to cover in the first episode, he sent a, a list and website links and just a couple short notes on each of the places. And this next place, his quote was always a favorite supper club on the water. Okay, so he had my attention right there. If it's his one of his favorite supper clubs, I'm a supper club guy. That's yeah. a big point. I'm not going to lie. That's part of why we started this podcast. podcast. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's because Wisconsin and the UP have so many awesome supper clubs. And so for this to be one of his favorites and it being on the water, we had to check it out. Well, I mean, if you look, one of the things that I think
1: is so cool about this place, you and I love a place in the UP called Fitzgerald's. Mm -hmm. And one of the best parts about that is you like sit down to eat and you look out the windows and you're basically right on the water. This isn't quite as close, but it's got a similar vibe. Like the windows for one of the main dining areas just look right out into the lake. I mean, you're Mm -hmm. like the last thing.
0: And and it's got a very rustic appeal. It does. Uh, Log beams and stone even on the interior, giant fireplace and and like Dan said, you know, awesome water views, but it has it has kind of like that rustic germanic yeah, 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 yeah. aesthetic it to Absolutely. it. which isn't cottage, a surprise. Right? it's like germanic yeah. cottage style. which isn't a mix. surprise because there were a lot of german settlers mm-hmm. to Wisconsin. so it makes sense. and they do kind of pride themselves on doing midwestern dishes, so a little blip here from the website, Donnie's Glidden Lodge. Did we mention the name of the place? (laughs) I don't think we did. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think we actually mentioned the name. It's Donnie's Glidden Lodge and it's in Sturgeon Bay. Donnie's Glidden Lodge serves Midwestern cuisine. Our family owned restaurant offers perfect combination of great food with quality service. Our proprietors, Don and Rita Zellner, are committed to providing you with an amazing experience. We serve choice black Angus cuts of meat and use the finest and freshest ingredients for all of our food.
1: Yeah, and there are a couple of great shots of, like, their prime rib, their seafood dishes. Like, it looks very good.
0: And the menu is very Wisconsin Supper Club. Lots of steak, seafood, you've got salads in there, and, of course, like, I think I saw, yep, Surf and Turf is in there, and that's that's very typical of Wisconsin Supper Clubs, but to Dan's point, the food looks amazing. The fact that it came highly recommended means a lot. And it, it's a little higher up on the price scale, but from everything we're seeing, I think that it's one of those you get what you pay for situations. Well,
1: and one of the things I think is cool about this, there's some great photos from what appear to be around Christmas time. So this looks like the kind of place you can go to most of the year, which is actually huge because Door yeah. County is very seasonal. And so you know, there's a there's a more limited selection of places. And if you're gonna, but it's cool to go there in the winter. I've been to Door County to the winter twice, and it was great.
0: Well, and especially for those of us who are native to Wisconsin, because that's when there's not all the tourists Tourists there, there. right?
1: Exactly. (laughs) So finding a couple places like this that you could go in summer or winter is awesome. And this place looks fantastic.
0: Definitely. And I'm noting too from the pictures, the portions look really good, really generous portions, and the old fashions look like your standard Wisconsin Supper Club old-fashioned, so... I'd be disappointed if it was anything else. Exactly. So, yeah. Donnie's Glidden Lodge Restaurant. And now we move on to Blue Bear Ellison Bay. And Steve's quote on here was, Great owners, really nice upgrades. So this actually used to be a different establishment, recently switched over to Blue Bear Ellison Bay. I didn't ask when that switchover occurred, but... They have a chef from Naples, Italy on staff. Yeah. So very authentic and the food looks amazing.
1: Yeah. Like whoever took their pictures really deserves some credit because it is colorful and bright and especially the breakfast. Like, oh my God, it looks so good.
0: So they say the chef and staff have 30 years of, or the chef has 30 years of experience. And they also, do dine in or take out. I don't know if that's a remnant of, oh no, it wouldn't be a remnant of COVID if they just switched over. So that's really cool. That's just the way of the world now, right? Like it's, you got to do that. And then this part is important to me, seasonal and local. We refuse to compromise on quality in our restaurant. That's why we source fresh ingredients from local growers whenever possible, no matter what time of the year, you can be sure you're eating the best of the season. And so that's excellent it's a good reason why people travel to eat at different places. Cause if you're not going to have local food, then you can just get it where you are (laughs) pulling up the menu though. They do have a brunch menu, which looks really good. They've got donut bites with cinnamon sugar and vanilla bourbon. We've got vegan breakfast burritos, quiche of the day, Benedict smoked pork hash,
1: I think that's what I saw the picture of. There's two. Their eggs, Benedict looks really great. And then the smoked pork hash. I think I saw a picture of that one too. And that looks phenomenal. Like this place is on my breakfast list for sure. I'm going.
0: Yeah. They, they got a brunch burger. Wasita farms, grass fed beef, crispy hash browns, hooks, sharp cheddar, fried egg, bacon, jam, house, brioche bun, side of hollandaise. Boom. All right. Let's take a look at the dinner menu. Quick. Now, this is where the Italian influence definitely is located. Even on the menu, it says, Della Porta Trattoria Napolitiana. How do you say that, Dan? Sure, we'll go with that. Okay, all right. So you've got calamari, bruschetta, some of the standard uh, anti-pastas, which is appetizers. For pastas, let's see here. They've got a couple really good ones here
1: well and while you're reviewing those i just want to mention two again with the brunch drinks so you got mimosas blueberry mimosas beer mosas, and then three different very good sounding selections for bloody mary's not only the house which comes with pepperoncini one of my favorites cheese bacon and olives but also the caliente maria so jalapeno infused tequila house bloody mix pickle jalapeno celery lime Gouda cheese and bacon and then also a vegan option so what a tequila mary we've kind of we've kind of talked about that there's a whiskey what do they call that drink too there's a bloody mary with whiskey in oh, the bloody morning.
0: irishman bloody irishman there yeah. you go Good drink to pair with a fine cigar. I don't smoke cigars anymore, but Dad and I accidentally stumbled upon that being the best drink to pair with a cigar, in our opinion, as a bloody Irishman.
1: (laughs) Yeah, their drinks—oh, and they've got—oh, speaking of Italian, so you'll remember this. There was a drink in Italy that's real popular called the Aperol Spritz, Mm. and Mm. they've got those. Those are great light light drinks too.
0: All right. So yeah, it looks great. Dan and I are big fans of Italian food. Looking at the menu, I'm I'm not going to go much further because I don't want to murder the names of some of these things, but very authentic recipes. There was one in there I saw that was from like the 1800s. So
1: yeah, it looks great. This is definitely on the list.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, and one thing I should mention, we, we had pulled up some pictures the inside, when they redid it, they must have renovated the whole interior because it's very modern, sleek. It looks like a like a fancy coffee shop. Yeah, almost. it's
1: light and bright, which is great. Again, that makes me want breakfast even more. Everything about this place <laughs> makes me want breakfast.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right, so then that brings us to our last place that we're going to talk about today, and that is the Hugel House. Well, and
1: I think it's important to mention... At least you and I were talking about what other places to include. And I wanted to put this one in there because it's different. Like, we've covered supper clubs Mm -hmm. a lot of times. We've covered a lot of places that have American fare. Italian food is fantastic, and you could eat it almost every day of the week. But, you know, we cover quite a bit of Italian, too. I don't know. We've only done, like, one or two German places, I think, Mm -hmm. in all the episodes. So I thought it was important to just get something. It's not different for Wisconsin, but different for our... Our range.
0: I feel like, though, when we were younger, there were more German restaurants in Wisconsin. Yeah. I feel like there's less now. Yeah, I think that's probably true. I think a lot of the ones that have survived are more Supper Club-ish. Yeah. Well, and the only
1: two that I can remember you and I talking about are the one in Copper Harbor and then the one in mm. Plymouth that we were at. Mm-hmm. I don't think we covered any others.
0: No. There are some, I will say it's outside of our region, but there's some good German restaurants in the Milwaukee area.
1: Yeah. That oh, are yeah, worth checking sure.
0: out. Dan and I have frequented a few of those when in our younger years when we were down there but i'll lead the or i'll read the little background that they have on their website so welcome to hugelhaus german for house on the hill started by three friends Lyndon, david and kevin when they put their heads together and came up with the concept of hugelhaus a german-inspired wisconsin influenced restaurant giving the door county community the long-awaited german cuisine hugelhaus was born in june 2019 so it's relatively new oh boy they owned they opened like six months before the pandemic pandemic shut everything down yeah i mean it's amazing they're still operating yeah good on them it's in the historic hillside motel in ellison bay they serve deutschland classics deutschland is germany in german and inspired wisconsin favorites along with great german beer wine and specialty cocktails We use local foods when available and family recipes to bring the best German cuisine in Door County. We are a casual dining restaurant, and we promise you won't leave hungry. We welcome you to come try out Door County's worst, spelt the German way, bar. (laughs) And then they say Prost, which is cheers in German.
1: So speaking of Prost, their old-fashioned looks really, really, really good. (laughs) Like, really good. I mean, we we see lots of them, and old-fashions are usually pretty good, but this one looks particularly really good
0: yes oh it's got those dark maraschino cherries cherries. yeah so a tip to the wise when you're ordering old fashions if it comes with the dark cherries they're almost black those are maraschino cherries you're going to be getting a good drink because those cost a lot more for the bar to purchase and so if they're putting those cherries in their drinks you're going to get a treat
1: yeah typically they're not going to waste that on like Real liquor, yeah, exactly. (laughs) You're gonna get a decent old fashioned, so yeah,
0: yep. So I get excited anytime I get a drink put in front of me that's got maraschino cherries on it. I know I'm about to enjoy myself. (laughs) So you know, as they mentioned in their little blurb on the website, all the pictures, these plates are full. You're getting healthy servings. They've got all the different kinds of of sausages that you would expect from a German restaurant. I see a, a copper cup there, so I'm thinking there's some mules going on as well. Let's take a peek at the menu, shall we?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I was I was checking out the worst platter that they've got that they've got featured there, and that looks pretty legit.
0: So yeah, they've got a couple different mules. The cherry mule, just like one of the other ones. And here we go. Wisconsin old-fashioned. Brandy, whiskey, or bourbon. That is good. A lot. Well, I shouldn't say a lot. Some places you they're typically just doing brandy or whiskey, but bourbon old-fashioned is a great classic. You want to make sure your drinks are muddled, which theirs say they are. And uh, let's see what else we got here.
1: We got all the schnitzels. Oh yeah, we got a we got a vast array of schnitzels, schnitzel palooza. Yeah, so we're good there. <laughs> this is interesting. Curry wurst, Germany's most popular street food. I. Have actually never tried something like that. That's a weird mix. So, yeah, I know. Uh, I
0: didn't think curry was a thing in Germany. No,
1: I didn't either. Bratwurst, tomato based curry sauce, curry powder, and pommel frites. That sounds so fries and worst, basically. But
0: that sounds pretty interesting. I'd be game to try that. Yeah. Some of their specials Thursday, you get the schnitzel of the day with the Chef's Choice Schnitzel platter. And you can call to find out what they're serving there. And then, of course, Friday we've got the the Wisconsin fish fry. So you get a choice of German beer battered haddock or whitefish, pommes fries, oh, freights, coleslaw, tartar, lemon, and rye
1: bread. And this would be the place. I, I this is my personal assessment. There's lots of good fish fries out there, but German restaurants do tend to have really good Friday fish fries. That's so yeah, I that would I would definitely give that a go if I was here on a Friday.
0: Yep. Yeah, and like you said, schnitzel all over the place. (laughs) And uh, we got schnitzel and spatzel. Beef goulash. This is the second goulash reference I've had in my life in two days, which is weird because (laughs) when's the last time anybody talked to you about goulash? I
1: mean, right this minute.
0: But I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about when they were growing up some of the standard meals that their parents would make on a regular basis and goulash was one of them.
1: Yeah, we never got goulash when I was a kid. That wasn't a thing.
0: No, I think we had it occasionally. Yeah, I don't think I had that as a kid. For those who don't know, goulash, braised beef sirloin, Hungarian paprika, tomato sauce, parmesan, spatzel, or egg fettuccine. So most often it'll be on noodles. Sounds pretty good, actually. It is really good. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's the Hugo House. And again, it's in the hillside inn. So if you're looking for a place to stay, maybe you want to stay right there. Looking at some of the, the, the photographs here, again, the food looks excellent. Looks like they may have temporary outdoor seating when they have entertainment there. And that might be the goulash picture right there. That looks amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. That covers everything we wanted to cover on the episode today. Anything else, Dan, before we
1: wrap up with a couple items? No, just I'm glad we got to dive into a couple of these places. You know, we really want to stay on top of these communities. And that's part of the reason for these revisits. Obviously, things don't stay the same. And there's more and more great things to explore. So, you know, I intend to check out a few of these listings when I go up there this year. And I'm looking forward to it. They look great.
0: Excellent. Yeah. So, again, we want to thank those of you who have been with us since the beginning for this whole year that we've been doing these episodes. And and again, Northwoods Distilled isn't going anywhere, and we will be working on and releasing in the not super distant future. Uh, we actually have a meeting today to talk about manufacturing because we're getting close to that point of the tabletop board game, which will be, it's still pending a name. We've got a few code names <laughs> for it, but... It's going to feature the Northwoods region exclusively. The artwork, Dan's been using AI and a lot of his skills that he's had over the years in graphic design. We did a lot of graphic design and marketing work when we were younger to create some beautiful artwork on the cards. We'll have a a great game board that features the region. And the idea is it'll be simple to play and the time frame that the game takes place is early 1800s to World War II timeframe. And again, we'll cover a lot of the history items that we discussed in those first nine full length episodes. We think it'll be really fun. And we plan on selling it both on the website when it's available, as well as in some of these smaller shops that we've talked about in the episodes.
1: Yeah, 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 so- absolutely. Which is we're very excited about.
0: Yeah, so keep an eye out on our social media's for more information on that. On Twitter we are N Woods Distilled. We're on LinkedIn, you can search for Northwoods Distilled or November Delta, the umbrella company that that has Northwoods Distilled under it. And then we also have a subreddit for Northwoods Distilled. Not quite as active on there anymore, but but that's out there. And then again, we're going to leave these episodes and web pages up for probably at least through the fall. So people can continue to use the information since it's relevant and recent as they're planning their summer and fall. And, and if, again, if there, if enough of you want us to keep doing it, we will definitely reevaluate coming back to the podcast, either in this form or a different form down the road. But it's important to us that in addition to the other half of the November Delta business, which is investing related that we continue to be involved in this Northwoods region. That was part of what we talked about on day one when Dan and I first sat down to plan this business. That's what
1: I was just going to say too, you know, use the information in these and go explore these areas. The, The thing that hasn't changed AI or otherwise is that there are some amazing locations in our immediate region that are, you know, vastly underappreciated. So that was the original goal of this whole thing was to support the local businesses and really kind of shine some light on those communities. And they are all still out there and kicking and it's worth checking out. So we encourage you to get out into the world and enjoy these places. You really can slow down and kind of get an
0: experience that you can't have anywhere else. Definitely. And so again, keep an eye out on the internet for announcements from us. We plan to continue to support the region through Northwoods Distilled and we have long-term plans. We're talking several years out that will bring us back around to being even more involved in the region, but we need to get some other ducks in a row before we can get there. So thank you so much for joining us for this revisit of Door County. hope you have a great summer.